Hello and welcome to episode 13 of Down Under the Ring podcast. I am your host, The Warship, and I'm joined as always by Fid Awesome. And today we are going to be looking at so many things. Firstly, John Cena gets a tag team partner. Is the bloodline getting stale? Mm-hmm. And also, we'll be delving into some impact news. Speaking of impact, Fid. How you doing? I am a busy little boy. Uh, I've got a big week ahead of me with work this week. I'm going to be flying around the country doing some work stuff this week. Actually, later on, we might get into a bit of the outcome of me doing some traveling. But also, the week of wrestling, a lot of news. Uh, A lot of news this week. Yeah, a lot of news. And the thing is, since we've moved to this two-podcast format, A lot of the news will be on the next episode, but that doesn't mean we don't have a lot here for you today as well. Exactly. But in saying that, we're doubling up on this episode because I will be honest, I don't think there's a lot happening in WWE this week, but there is some cool Impact Wrestling news which we want to discuss. But don't you think it's interesting, dude, that in a week where WWE knew, they knew exactly what AEW was about to do this week without going into it yet, and they didn't stack up their shows. I would have thought, based on everything that we had, like we knew that was happening, that we would have had some ridiculous thing happen, like maybe a title change or something else. Yeah, I will say this is one dope thing WWE did do this week. We don't really go into NXT stuff uh, just because it's on our list of too much to watch most weeks, but did you see the intro video for No Mercy? Yes, it was so good. So good. So knowing that, firstly, both Shippy and I are gaming nerds. We're both of the generation of the Nintendo 64 being part of our childhoods. And, yeah, the intro video for WWE or NXT No Mercy was ripped straight from the intro of the N64 WWE No Mercy game. And I actually went and did a side-by-side view of it the other day, and they nailed it, man. It is, yeah, dead set. It is very much just the actual intro. Yeah. Just with updated graphics, and that is so But they went to the effort of getting graphics made of the NXT wrestlers that look like the old Aki engine, WWE (laughs) style. I actually wondered if they contacted the mod, ROM modder, and said, hey, we want to do this intro. Can you hack the ROM for us and make some characters that look like these NXT stars? It would be cool to see the, even if they, it's not the same people, if it was like the original team, like someone from that, some WWE old school guy who was there when WWE games were really big for that era. And they were like, hey man, I know it's been a while, but how'd you feel about opening the old engine up and having a look for this one? It's going to be sick. I tell you what, one of these days, dude, we have to do a special episode on wrestling video games. Oh, this is not playing though because I will hose you. Oh, you probably will. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I'm really bad at all the newer generation 2K games, but I, bro, the hours I put into SmackDown and SmackDown 2, yeah. I legitimately, this is how much I played that game. My wife and I, before we were married, lived in a flat with one of my best friends and his girlfriend, and I was the only one in the house with a PlayStation on the PS1. And we played that game so much that we burnt out the laser on the PS1 and had to do the old play, turn the PlayStation upside down to get it to play games. <laughs> yes. 
Oh, I did that too. It's so and good. And it was pure. I loved it. And it was that game that killed it. Eventually, my PlayStation just died. And I can remember the day it died, looking at it and going, you owe me nothing. Yeah. Like, not even angry. <laughs> You've done everything. Not even angry. Yeah. All right. So here's a question for you. What is the best of the original SmackDown versus no SmackDown games of those ones? Uh, okay, so I've got a fondness for the first one because it was the one that I put so many hours into. But I do think SmackDown Two was the better one. Yep. Okay. So that's no, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. I think. I think it was. Yeah. Yep. But I have a huge love for Here Comes the Pain. That was a dope one too. That was a sick game because you could have the creator character. I was just about to say, me. I think that was the one oh that I first started spending hours in creator character. Yeah. And I think that was now, when all you... All my mates had a... Was that the one where you could finally start like putting like hours into creating the intros and everything? Yeah, you could do a lot more in that yeah. one than you could do before. So it was also... The one where you could jump off the fist. Oh, fist. yes. 100%. <laughs> yeah. And uh, here's, here's a throw it back even further. What was your favourite original Aki Engine one? So that's like your WCW ones, your okay. No Mercy. It's WrestleMania 2000. Yeah. Okay. WrestleMania 2000. So my one is yep. WCW NWO Revenge. That's my second favourite. Yeah. I loved that game. <laughs> I loved that. And I hated the fact because I owned a PlayStation, I had to go and rent a Nintendo 64 to play that game. Because yep. I think, oh, what did I have? Just to play. I had WCW Nitro on the PS1. And it was a. F- oh, yeah. They had. That was shithouse. Both of them. Look. Thunder and Nitro. Oh, <laughs> Thunder was dog balls. Nitro, I liked it for the time. But then the Nintendo yep. 64 one started coming out and just pissed all over them. Yeah. No, it was crazy. It was such a big part of my early pro wrestler vibe. Yep. Like, as a wrestler myself, like, trying to figure out what my character was going to be, oh, trying 100%. to figure out what he looked like. What, what was shit. your character's name? I can still remember mine. <laughs> I can remember mine too. I was a massive Dean Malenko man. Okay. And in the old WWF Warzone game, there was one character name because they had pre-made names you could choose from. Yep. And my one was Ice on there yep. because they would call him the Ice Man because of Dean Malenko. Ah. And and I even stole the finisher move, like names and everything from it too. Because at one point, if you hit a move, sometimes the crowd would just be chanting stuff. And one guy was like, lower the chill factor. And I'm like, that's the finisher name. Yep. That's what we're doing. And it used to be a Tiger Driver. Oh, a Tiger Mom, sorry. So I yeah. can't remember any of the moves yeah, yeah, that I used yeah. to put into mine. But my one was heavily goth inspired because that was my era at the time. And his name was Amok. Okay. Because you were running amok. As in running amok. <laughs> and I just thought it sounded goth and scary and fucked up. <laughs> Oh, so good. Yeah, man. We're going to do a wrestling episode. Hey, hey, you, listener, tell us if you want a wrestling video game episode. Yep. Yeah? Do it. We'll do it. We'll do, do a third episode one week. <laughs> no! <laughs> Let's cut one out on a shit week. Well, we possibly could have done it this week on the WWE side, but right. in saying that, we probably should jump into the WWE news this week. This week wasn't. Like I said earlier, not a massive week for stuff on the main two shows. But there's a few interesting points I did want to talk about this week. Quite heavily around the Bloodline stuff. Um, So uh, SmackDown started off with a Bloodline segment. We just had, I think, was it Jimmy Uso, Solo, and we had Paul Heyman in the ring. Paul Heyman's doing his talk. And Jimmy 
does an amazing impersonation of Roman, basically putting his hand out like, please, give me the mic. And the look that Paul gives him is like, the fuck you think you're doing? <laughs> I love it. For a few seconds, he legitimately didn't know what to do. Yeah. He was like, oh, no, what do I do? Wait, no, fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then like... Jimmy just yanks the mic out of his hand. And I think there's an interesting wee angle we're going for here where Roman's not around and Jimmy's getting a bit too big for his britches. Yeah, I like the I like the way that, that Paul uses Solo to drag him back in, though. Yeah. Jimmy was going to go down later in the night, going to go down to fight Cena, yep. to fight Carl Anderson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as he goes to do that, Paul Heyman grabs him and whispers into Solo's ear, and Solo grabs Jimmy, and he's, go handle it before I handle it. Yeah. It was just like this moment of, oh, shit, there's definitely starting to build a little bit of a hierarchy where I see Jimmy as higher up in the chain. Yep. I see Solo as... Stronger oh. and more They've built powerful it. as a character. They've built him that way really well. It's funny how a year ago he wasn't even on the main roster. And now he's legitimately probably seen as the strongest out of the Uso brothers. I've been watching a lot of Impact lately, and it reminds me a lot of the way they built Steiner in the main event mafia. Ah, yeah, yeah. You know, just like the assassin yep. of the main event mafia. That's the kind of vibe that I get. The hitman. Yep. Solo gives me real hitman vibes. It's if the wise man snaps his fingers. Solo's getting in there, going to murder someone. And that's how the, the feeling of the same feeling. i tell you so, a bit of disappointment I have around Solo at the moment, though. And this is probably just coming from a Polynesian island, but I was really disappointed when he started speaking English. Yeah. And I think it's because I just like the fact that I don't speak Samoan at all, but I like the mystery around it. It's, yeah, I am just straight up a Samoan killing machine. I don't even care if you don't understand what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah, I've got both sides of the coin because, yes, I think that's great. But no, because Asuka running out and screaming in Japanese doesn't really make me feel much yep. of anything. It's just, okay, but it'd be really cool if I knew what she was saying. See, my, my issues with Asuka aren't around her Japanese. I hate the... Oh, see, we're going down a completely different track here, but let's go there. I don't like the way, <laughs> I don't like the way she emotes. It's way over the top and it doesn't feel genuine And because I think she's an amazing talent. I was a bit disappointed when she started pulling out the old school Kana character. And then didn't do anything but, with it? No, but kept the over-emoting and silly sort of way of acting. And I was like, oh, I would have loved it if she'd toned down and become quieter and scarier and just being a killing machine I guess Nakamura is the same thing, right? Yeah. I like his cold mm. promos. Yeah. Like he's like very monotone promos. Yeah. And I, I think I think Asuka's kind of character would have blown up if she had changed the way she emotes and carries herself. Treat it like it's a new character, not just face paint. Yeah, I thought they were going to be doing that with her, like the way that they were presenting yeah. it. It felt like they were just going to change everything she did, but then didn't really happen that yeah. way. But going back to the bloodline, we're getting the bloodline on every episode of SmackDown now, as per usual. We haven't seen Roman for a long time. We've got Jay doing his thing, and I would argue what Jay's doing over on Raw is actually super interesting and really well done. But the stuff happening on SmackDown with the bloodline proper, is it boring without Roman? I think it is. I have really... I really think that we need Roman more. 100%. Like, even if he's not working, 
He doesn't have to wrestle, no. but fuck, he should be there. I, he should be a presence on the I'm show. I'm probably going to be one of the outliers on this and say that I don't mind the fact that Roman doesn't wrestle hardly. I like the fact they treat him like an attraction, but I also yeah. think he needs to be on almost every show building that story, and I think because he's the backbone of this entire story, right? The other people in the bloodline are a supporting act for his story. Yes. No, it's shifting, though. It doesn't really feel like the Roman Reigns story anymore. No, but it also doesn't feel like it's important without him. No, because there are two sides of it. One side is you need him there so that you care about the others, Mm -hmm. but at the same time you need him there because he needs to be there for you to care about him. Amazingly, Jay, I think, is standing on his own two feet over on Raw. Yeah, I don't think that there's enough separation there now. I think that my mental association with the bloodline and Jay is done. Yep. You've separated the two. Like, I don't consider them. Yeah, they are. Eventually, we're going to come to a convergence again, but we can separate the two for months at this point. Yeah, I don't need to see it until Mania season. Yeah, exactly. Perth would be a good location. You should come to Perth and do it. But yeah, so we're in agreement. It's, yeah, Roman just needs to be on the fucking show more. I think that he needs to be on the show. And like I said, he could just be the promos he does in the background where he's like, where's Moon? Where's where they're backstage and he's sitting there and he's talking about what's happening for the night. I think that's so important. Hell, look at Kurt Angle. Again, I've watched so much Impact lately. Look at the main event Mafia with Kurt Angle. That's a great way to present that. Like this dude who he's the godfather, but he also does shit. And the the thing... It just feels like Roman stops doing things. The thing is you don't even have to have Roman physically at the arena every month because they've proven they can do pre-records that work with Roman, right? Yeah, go, go Absolutely. At the start of the month, bring Roman to the arena, film in five different locations of the arena and roll it out over the month. Yeah, absolutely. And the storylines are storylines, yeah. right? Paul Heyman like, himself likes to say that they're not doing wrestling angles, they're creating cinema. If you're creating cinema, this is going to be well planned in advance. You probably already know the next month's work, unless something happens. Yeah, because WWE is such a machine now, yeah. right? They've got they've got so much planned, and it very rarely detracts from that. Like they're very rarely, even when they know they should, they will still not yep. detract from their their trajectory. Yeah, bar, barring an injury so or cut? something drastic. Yeah, yeah. So why can't they cut two months worth of promos in a day? <laughs> Easily. It doesn't make any sense. It just feels lazy. Yeah. It just feels like he doesn't need to be there, so he's not there, and that sucks. Yeah. Uh, but the one... Th- he's a champ. Yeah. He's the champ, and we... Yeah, I don't mind that he's not wrestling. Make him... I fucking hate when you don't have a champ on the show, though. Yeah, exactly. I hate it. Exactly. I've always hate it. Exactly. And he, yeah, he at least needs to be making an appearance. And what we'll, we'll get in a week's time is we'll get the Roman Returns graphic and act like we haven't seen him for a year and... When it's only been a month, but if, look at this stage, it's actually important that we're seeing him. But at least the uh, bloodline stuff, uh, we have seen something interesting come out of it this week. Um, John Cena, of course, is going to be taking on uh, the bloodline at Fastlane. He had uh, an open contract there for someone to join the team. Last week, we thought we were going to see who we thought we saw, but uh, this week, we finally got our LA Night moment of the week. Roll the clip. Let me talk to you. (laughs) This was a great segment. Did you watch it? 
What do you think? Yes, I loved it so much. <laughs> I was so happy for it because, man, we said this last week. We said this needed to happen mm-hmm. this week, and it did. We were like, he needs to come out. They need to make the match this week yep. so he can keep his momentum and he can get the rub. And boy, oh, boy, the rub. Oh, the rub. It was a rub to near completion. Well, That's where it was. <laughs> Cena was shocked and stoked, right? He was almost, like, he played his part so well. He was marking out that LA Knight came out and signed the document. I think they played it well with him running in, giving Cena the save, all that sort of thing. That wasn't oversold. That was like, no. that was almost like a thanks, bro. Cheers for the help. But then when he picked up the the folder, pulled out the pen. I actually loved that he stopped, gave the pen a bit of a lick, <laughs> then signed it and handed it to Cena and then Cena just marking out over it. Oh, my God, LA Knight's on my team. Yeah, he couldn't believe it. That was great because it was like that's the reaction you'd expect LA Knight to have. Not LA Knight because he doesn't give a fuck about nothing. Yeah. But that's the, that's the reaction you'd expect another superstar to have when Cena come out and do exactly. it. Exactly. And the fact that Cena was doing that is awesome. Because he was like, holy shit, you, it's so cool. You've said this so many times over the last few weeks, but it's clear when Cena fucks with somebody and Cena fucks with LA Knight. Oh, yeah, you can see it. You can see it written all over his face. Yeah. And just that pop, holy shit. When you heard that, that fucking, that, oh, when that popped, Dude. like when that first happened, the crowd went ballistic. And I because think they thought I think the, it was going to happen. Someone told me, or no, I saw somewhere, either on Twitter or something, someone in the arena said that the LA Night pop was bigger than the Cena pop. Look, when Cena came out, it was lukewarm. He even made reference to it. Yeah. He's, oh, lukewarm, right? Because I, I have a partner. Yeah. And then when LA Knight came out, holy shit, he looks so strong as well I'm, the whole time. I'm super excited for this because I do think LA Knight's ring style is going to complement John Cena's ring style. Yeah, because they're both that same sort of mechanic where they're both not what I would call technical wrestlers, no. but they have that very rock John Cena. Similar pacing. Yeah, the whole match. So I can see them both doing at the start, at the hot start. It'd be a hot start for yeah. sure. I can both. I can see them both on at the outside of the ring. They both duck bloodline clotheslines. They both turn around, punch clothesline to the outside, yep. cheer for the crowd. I can see that hundred percent exactly happening. Yep. Yeah, it's very complimentary. Do you think this goes all the way to Mania, these guys, or do you think we separate them after this? I don't want to see LA Knight stuck in this feud. No. Nah. Because it won't lead him to Roman. No. No, it's not going to. And if it doesn't lead him to Roman, it's not worth no, it. He needs to go. I think what I mean is Gunther, I working <laughs> what I mean is working with Cena. Oh, that'd be awesome. I don't know if Cena will be around for all of that, but hey, maybe Cena could feel jealous. Could we get heel Cena? Oh my god. Imagine could we finally get heel Cena? That'd oh, be sick, but I think we missed our opportunity years ago for that. I it's actually really funny. I dream booked a Cena heel turn about oh, 10 years ago. I remember sitting there talking to my wife, laying it out for her and going, this is the only way you can do it. And do you know what annoyed me is about two years later, an Adam that we no longer reference in the wrestling journalist, he put out a video of how they could have turned 
seeing a heel, and it was almost beat for beat exactly how I did it. The only way that you were going to buy John Cena turning heel was him turning on the good guy. Mm-hmm. You need a bigger baby face. And that was good. LA Knight could be a bigger uh, baby it face could now. Be. It could be. But, uh, yeah, so it was he had to turn on Undertaker because the Undertaker's the only thing he had left. Beat the streak. And the only way he could beat the streak was by cheating. Yep. Yeah, look, I can see it. I can see it. I can see... I've come back from Hollywood for this. Yeah. And I I am so good at this. They call me the greatest of all time. Who are you? Yeah. To come and steal my spotlight right now. Yeah. I can see that. I'm coming out that. and they're giving me a lukewarm response. Like I'm Hollywood John Cena. Yeah. I am I'm the guy. I'm the best wrestler to ever exist. Yeah, but they want you. Like yeah, but they want you. Yeah. You're not even any. You're like the Rock. You're, you're stone cold. You're not even. You're not even your own man. Yeah. You know, I can see it. I can see it. I can see him rapping. Yeah. I could. I would love to see that. I would come on. And have him just one. And minute. have him then come out at Mania wearing the black and white boa. <laughs> the do. Is it the, the do rag? <laughs> Honestly, sure. Full circle career. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, I think that could be awesome. I think potentially if they feuded, that could be an absolute make star making event. Yep. Night after four months of feuding gets a victory over Cena at WrestleMania, a heel Cena, yep. and at the end of the match they shake hands, they raise hands. La Knight wins. Yep, he's strapped to the fucking rocket. Here's what, something that. Part of me wants to see this, and part of me also doesn't. But it's, do you have, lean into at Mania, the thing of having everyone say that LA Knight is just another Dwayne, just another Stone Cold, and you have Stone Cold Steve Austin get involved in whatever LA Knight's doing. Because look, That's it's, also it's the 40th anniversary. Stone Cold Steve Austin's going to be there. What if everybody that LA Knight has emulated comes out <laughs> and he beats them all? <laughs> yeah, the epic, they're being put over by everybody that he's ever copied. A gauntlet match yep. with The Rock and Stone Cold and John Cena. Yep. And he survives them all. Yep. Yep. All right, let's do it. Book it. <laughs> Book it trips, Paul. Come on, Paul. Yeah. You can even wrestle. Oh, you can't. Ah, but, I made myself sad again. See, but then I worry about having Stone Cold attached to him as that being a gimmick that's just going to be taken as a gimmick. No, I honestly think that you're on the money, though. The best option moving forward would be a Cena and LA Knight feud. Yeah. I think that. He doesn't need Gunther. He doesn't need the Intercontinental Championship. It'd be nice. I, I want it. He doesn't need it. <laughs> I want him to be in the top spot, though. So the the best way to do that is the best moving forward. Use Cedar while we have him. Yeah, and look, because like, we're not getting we like you said, we're not going to get him and Roman yet. No, we're not. Even though they might tease it like they have and it got a great reaction, it's still not time. No, it's not time yet. And I don't think he takes it from Roman anyway. He'll take it from whoever beats Roman, potentially. Potentially Cody, but fuck, at this point, I don't even know. Yeah. Could be The Rock. It could be. <laughs> hey, look. I would hate that so would much. You? LA Knight versus Dwayne. No, I would hate. 
the Roman Reigns versus Rock match at Mania. I would hate it. I've been thinking about it all week, yeah. and you can't do that. It's such a fucking piss on everything that's happened. That takes thousand plus days and just shits all over it's- it because you're not building a star. You have a star. The Rock is a star. He's the most. He's the highest paid actor in fucking Hollywood. But sell, he it's going to sell pay per views, dude. I know, but it doesn't build anyone. No. It doesn't make anyone look good. It's just I'm back now. If you smell, and I'm going to beat you because I'm the Rock, and you're just this copycat bullshit. Like it doesn't build anyone. Yeah. And look, it, like, and he's going. Look, the thing is, though, he's going back to work next week. Like Sorry, the strikers, the, we'll str- the strikers over. Both are we going to see Cena at Mania? Because Cena's going to go back to work. It was literally announced this week that his character from DC is going to Peacemaker. yeah Peacemaker is going to be included in the new canon of DC moving forward. Yes, the new DCU. Yeah, which means that he'll be a prominent figure in their movies yeah. moving forward. Yeah. Plus, of course, plus. Both him and Dwayne are now involved in the the Fast franchise again. But first, while we're talking about news, let's talk about Pro Wrestling Down Under. Pro Wrestling Down Under is a fantastic source for Australian professional wrestling news and upcoming events, as well as all the latest top news from WWE and AEW. They offer some great exclusive content from interviews, opinion articles, and insights from some of the top Australian wrestlers to make it to the big promotions overseas. PW Down Under aims to be a source of information for people looking to get involved in Australian professional wrestling with events listing, training school bios, and news on the latest seminars across the country. So if you ever wanted to get involved in Australian wrestling, this is the place for you. Visit pwdownunder.com. That's pwdownunder.com. With everything that's happened in the world of AEW this week, WWE, we mentioned earlier, surprised that they didn't stack the card this week in the build-up so that they had a bigger share of the news coming out of this week. Do you think WWE has something in the chamber to fire back? Because currently all we've had is a, a talent exchange this week. So we've had, we'll just say it, we've had Edge go over to AEW and we've had Jade go over to WWE. Jade Cargill come to WWE. Who, by so the way, they the made trade. her look like a fucking star on SmackDown this week. I do wonder if... Our Survivor Series predictions will now absolutely happen. Potentially. Do you think that there is any chance now with what has just happened? Because that's a big hit. That is that's family hit. Yeah. That's a that's a fast and furious hit right there. Yeah. With losing edge, yeah. do they pull the trigger on a Survivor Series CM Punk return? Oh, dude. Okay. I think the smart money on the bet is no. But I think the smart money on WWE wanting to make a shit ton of money is yes. If they want to make a shit ton of money, absolutely they do it. They bring them back before Survivor Series. They do... The night before. Yeah, the night before. Sell a shit ton of fucking pay-per-view buys overnight and... Like I said, when we were talking about it a few weeks ago, is you sign CM Punk to a short-term deal. Don't give him long enough to cause trouble. Give him his own bus. He can hang out in his own bus 
with Kofi like back in the day and after his program's done, let him go away, bring him back in a year's time or something. Just let him be comfortable. Like I think that's the thing. Give him the Brock contract. Maybe not financially, but give him the Brock deal. He's they're gonna make a shit ton of money with him. Yeah. Like if he comes back, that is the only way that I can currently see for WWE to fire back in a strong enough way that will mean as much as an edge loss. Yeah. I absolutely agree. It is huge. Yeah. It would be massive. Well, it's the one thing. Because the edge thing is enormous. Like AEW getting CM Punk two years ago was the first we didn't think it would ever happen. But the second we didn't think would ever happen, and is arguably the biggest we didn't think would ever happen, is Punk back with WWE. Oh, yeah. Like that is because everyone at this point, whether you're a smart mark or not, you know the trouble he causes. Yep. You know the bridges that have been burned. Yep. The lawsuits, the, yeah. It would be the biggest thing. Yeah. It would be the biggest And thing. we know even Vince is not beyond working with people that he has historically not liked. No, absolutely. And I think Triple H would be the same. He's a good businessman. He is willing to do business with people that make money. And just this week, Shawn Michaels said, hey, we'd take him on NXT. I don't think NXT is the right stage for him, but Shawn Michaels saying that is actually a big Big deal. Yeah, because that that, that speaks to – because Shawn Michaels, man, as far as minds for wrestling go, he might look like a homeless person, <laughs> but fuck, he's smart when it comes to wrestling. Oh, 100%. And for him to say, yeah, I'll take him straight away. I'll take him. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's big news, and I could see it happening only for the fact that WWE has been in the trenches before. Yep. We've done this. We've been at war before. And the edge thing, it feels like a shot. Yeah. And what WWE has always done when there's a shot is they're fired back. And look, So I can definitely see it. And there are some rumours out there at the moment on the business side of things that – because we all know SmackDown's heading over to USA and there is rumours that Raw may be moving to a new network, potentially even there's talks of it potentially moving to Netflix or Disney Plus or something like that, but they're talking about potentially doing it on a Wednesday night. Yeah, a different time slot, which I think is really interesting. And if they're going to move to Wednesdays, we have legitimately the wars again, right? We haven't had this since the late 90s, early 2000s. Head-to-head, the legit war, and what a fire across the bow to have Punk on your roster against the people that fired Punk. And also, you have got Edge, too. Mm. That's a massive shot. I don't want to understate that because I've had conversations today where people are like, but is Edge really going to move the needle? Absolutely. I'm like, man, he's going to change everything. And the biggest one will happen at the end of the year because that could literally kill AEW. Is this the bidding war of 2024? If Max leaves, the company is done. That's a huge call, dude. It is, but how much has he invested in your mind, in my mind, and in the fans of wrestling's mind that WWE is the place to be, Oh, right? And AEW is just this indie fucking shit rink of a place and he's there because they give him lots of money. If he goes, he proves himself right. Yep. 
If it goes, he says, you, I was right. It is the better place to be. It is a massive blow. This January, like, this upcoming January is legitimately going to be one of the most interesting times in pro wrestling in a long time. I don't think it will crush it, but it will definitely break it. And saying like, that if he goes. Apparently we've got contracts on the line on both sides in January coming up. So we've got big names on WWE and we've got more than just MJF coming up and on the AEW side of things. So we could see the biggest period of jumping since the 90s. So what happens, though, to AEW? This is a serious yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. And I know this is the WWE podcast, but what happens when Max leaves, when Starks and Wardlow leave, mm-hmm. when the Revival leaves, mm-hmm. when Malachi Black leaves? Mm-hmm. What happens to the company? If they all walk out, all of them walk out, I genuinely think what we've got is the equivalent of when Eddie Guerrero and... The Radicals? When the Radicals jumped. Because when the Radicals jumped, they may not have been treated like the biggest names on WCW, but when they got to WWE, they were. I just gave myself goosebumps because that would literally take... Somebody important from every section of the show. Yeah. It takes someone from the tag division. It'll take people from the mid card. It'll take people from the main event. It'll take people from the specialty section, like your Malachi Black, your your stable leader. Like it will take something from everything. And they can all potentially jump ship, all of which have said in the past that they may not necessarily be happy and whatever happens, never say never, all that kind of stuff. Plus, Malachi Black, his missus, is in the WWE. But the other one's Andrade Alidolo. He's made noises yeah, about wanting to go back. And that's another huge one too. Because I, I think Andrade goes back to WWE and gets treated like a star. Whereas I do think he's treated on AEW like a mid-tier. Yeah, absolutely. He has become a mid-card jobber yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. A lot. Of, he's an elevation talent at the moment. Yeah. He elevates other people, yeah. and he would go back a star. Yep. Everyone, Ricky, I just mentioned Ricky Starks would, go back would be a star, star over there. Absolutely, Wardlow would be an absolute behemoth over there. He'd be US champion within the year. Yep, hundred percent straight away. If Absolutely. FTR would give that tag team division the shot and the ass it needs, they would come in. They would separate the belts almost immediately, and they'd take a set. Yep. Absolutely. And that would be all it needs because right now that's what their tag division needs. They need the belts on separate shows. As an AEW mark, this scares me. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's a possibility. Real. It's a very it's possible. real pos- possibility as Hunter and uh, Vince back the truck up. If they are mad, which I would be if I just lost Edge, yeah. if they're mad and they're moving to the same time slot, like I said, they've done this before. Mm. Triple H literally drove a tank up to the venue in WCW. They've done this before. They could do that. And they have the money now. They have more money than they had back then. So, like, uh, they would be going into the war as America. And the thing is that, yes, Tony has a lot of money, more money than Jesus. He has got a lot of money. But can he reasonably justify the millions of dollars mm. it will take to keep everybody there. Exactly. Exactly. Like, oh, this is good, good. Big questions. Good questions, though. All right. Before we move on, I have one more thing, and it's not about this, 
but we spoke on the on the chat the other day. And I want to get your thoughts because one of my people, one of the lovely people over on X messaged me and they're like, brother, I was listening to your Where Does Cody Rhodes Go From Here segment. Oh, yes. And I have an answer for you. And I want to get your thoughts live, even though we spoke about it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But I know who it is. I know where Cody needs to who, go from are here. Are we going to shout out we, the person who sent this in? Yeah, this was sent through by Subrude. Okay. Over on X. So big shout out to you there, Subrude. Yeah, essentially, we were talking about how Cody, we don't know where he goes from here because he needs a technical wrestler. He needs a elevating star, someone who's a big name yeah. to go up against to really push him to the next level. And we couldn't for the fucking life of us figure no. it out. We spent ages here trying to think about it. We were like, we don't think there's anybody, but there is. And he's coming back really soon because it's Randy Orton. Jesus I, Christ. I'm, I'm so into it. It's such a good call. There's so much backstory there too. From Legacy. Yeah. You could talk about Legacy. You could talk about all of the stuff they've done. There's so much there. And you could talk about his dad because, of course, Cody will talk about his dad. Yes, too. There's just – it's – part of his thing um and look and we're, we're also getting ready to wind down randy in the coming years right this yeah. could potentially be a really good swan song for randy on the way out uh, it's a really good high level swan song that will get him what he needs before he starts to wind exactly down. like this feud could be his last major feud. Exactly. I like it. I think I have a bunch of little ones from here, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he could still go, but this is one that could really put his career on the map even more than it has been before. I think that it has a lot of legs. Yeah. And I would watch Cody versus Randy from now until WrestleMania. Absolutely. I'm down. Absolutely down. So, yeah, thanks for that. That was a really good pick there, Good Fred. shout. Um yeah, yeah, real good shout. And obviously the other one, the fantasy booking, is if Cody somehow jumps ship back to AEW, then he could wrestle Christian and Christian could talk about his dead dad. And that That's would be fantastic one. as well. <laughs> All right, moving right along. We've got a few things from Impact we wanted to talk about. I want to start things off with uh, a few months ago, of course, we had Impact in Australia. They had the Impact Down Under series. And look, Arguably, it was apparently a pretty good show. We never got to see it on TV because it wasn't aired as a part of Impact proper. But we are actually going to be getting it on TV in Australia. NITV are going to be airing the Impact Down Under tour. They're doing night one, night two, and the Australian showcases. All going to be on three separate nights. It's going to be from this weekend, actually. Sunday... It's night one, then next Sunday it's going to be night two, and then the Sunday afterwards, the Australian Showcase, which has got all the indie wrestlers on it from Australia. I think it's dope. I didn't think we were ever going to see this. I thought it was going to go into Impact's vault and we'd never see it again. Okay, so I've got a question about this in general. Have we ever really had a major company come over here and do a show, like a shitty little show, yeah. with exception this was a health show. warning? Cause it, yeah. But have we ever had a company come here and do that and then actually air it? Because we've never seen Return of the Dead Man or any of these other WWE shows before because they are, they are literal house shows. Yeah. But the only one that we've ever had that I can recall is Global Warning because that one was like... Global Warning, obviously, it was canonical but not really because there were no titles that changed yeah. hands. Most of the matches were fairly 
pedestrian. Yep. They weren't crazy huge. Jericho said wanker in front of 50,000 <laughs> people. I've got 56,000 people calling me a wanker. I don't even know what a wanker is. Yeah. So, yeah, that was lovely. Yeah, absolutely. And while talking about impact, we had, and I, I, I told you about this because I thought it was, it's not very often we get in pro wrestling world a feel-good moment that genuinely makes me smile and go, I'm really fucking happy for that person, especially when it's somebody from outside of the ring, right? So earlier this week, we got an announcement from our boys over at Cultaholic. Look, we're fans of Cultaholic. They do an amazing job. They announced that, also, they announced it in the perfect way, that they're going to be sponsoring the DX, the Impact X Division title match that's going to be happening at Turning Point. It's going to be sponsored by Cultaholic. One, how cool is that a YouTube channel is sponsoring a title match? It is legitimately so cool. And the fact that it's Cultaholic is just awesome as well because they've been through a lot as, had, a, yeah. uh, a, like as a news company for everything that they've done. Yeah. They've come a long way and they've tried their hand. They've done a lot of stuff wrestling-based as well. And they've, also got, they've also got a great gaming channel, uh, Triple Jump. Yeah, they do. Yeah, no, it's really good as well. So a big shout-out to Cultaholic. I do love those boys. Please put me on the podcast. I would love to talk to you. Um, <laughs> but, but no, we got a lot of love for them. So yeah, but, um, I, I'm just happy to see it. Yeah, but look, but the happy moment came later on in the show. If you've been watching Cultaholic over the last few weeks, they've had a couple of running gimmicks. One of them is the Joe Hendry is sitting in the corner of their studio gimmick, which they finally paid off with the X Division sponsorship announcement. But the other one that they have been playing along with for a while is... The moment they announced that they were doing the UK Invasion Tour, Tom has been saying, hey, if you need a ring announcer, I'm experienced. I do a lot of stuff with North Wrestling. And he's just been having a go. And the uh, followers have been harassing Impact on Twitter for the last month or so. So at the end of this episode of Cultaholic, Joe Hendry shocks Tom. And he basically, Tom's getting ready to wind up the video. And he's, hey, before we finish... I've got a surprise for you. Hands him an envelope, Tom reads it out, and essentially bursts into tears while he reads that Tom Campbell is going to be the official ring announcer for Turning Point as well as two other shows on the tour. That is so good. I'm so happy. His reaction, the way that he looked during that whole letter was just heartbreaking. It was so nice. You know, like, it melted. It's funny. Like, I think all of us as wrestling fans have got these moments in pro wrestling from whether it be Raw or SmackDown or AEW or wherever, that you'll go back and you'll rewatch when it happens just because it makes you feel good to watch. This is the first time I've ever rewatched a news story three or four times. Yeah, no, it, it was just it was so feel good. Yeah, yeah. So feel good. And, yeah, it's awesome, man. So I'm really glad to see that. And, hey, hopefully he does really well. I'm sure he will, working with North and everything like that. I'm sure... It'll all snap into place. He'll be really scared, really intimidated when it happens. But, yeah, that's such good news. Congratulations, Tom. Yeah. Before we go any further, this show is brought to you by OG Nerd. OG Nerd represents the gamers, the cosplayers, the collectors, the model makers, the tattooists, the artists, and the athletes. They are not just a clothing brand. 
they are a subculture. OG nerd revel in their halcyon youth and embrace the lifestyle driven by nostalgia, humble beginnings and heroes. OG nerd strives to offer quality, comfortable and above all stylish streetwear apparel inspired by a lifetime of gaming, music and street art. I've worked with OG Nerd for many years and find their apparel second to none in terms of quality and appearance. Whether it's at a wrestling show or a convention, you'll be hard-pressed to find a better armour for your rig. Get yours at ognerdlife.com. And before we wind up the show, every week we like to uh, give a shout-out to all the Aussie and New Zealand wrestling companies around the area that are going to be having upcoming shows and we've got a hell of a list of shows coming to your area absolutely i actually was gutted i got invited to uh, one of the first ones renegades of wrestling who have their breakthrough event coming up as well as and they've got that happening just after pax australia in melbourne they invited me along and i was like dude i'm not even going to be in town anymore but if you want to head along renegades of wrestling breakthrough saturday the 11th of november at the renegade arena in essendon also coming up over in New Zealand, we have Warrior Wrestling with their Aotearoa Showdown, November the 11th in Takapuna. Uh, it, you can find tickets at warriorwrestling.co.nz. International Wrestling Australia, they're going to be celebrating 25 years of touring with a huge all-ages pro wrestling event on Saturday, October the 14th at St John's Bowling Park in New South Wales. PWA Black Label have got their huge Coliseum event. This is the one that... I want to go to now after Shippy last week told me that there's a sword <laughs> on the line. There's a sword! This is over two nights, Saturday the 21st and on the 22nd of October at Liberty Hall in Sydney. All-Star Pro Wrestling Australia, they've got their There Can Only Be One event November the 18th in Padstow. Melbourne City Wrestling have their Fight for Fight to Survive 2023 event October the 14th at the Thornbury Theatre in Victoria. I'm gonna wonder if that will be featuring Buddy Matthews as the MCW champion. Potentially. Apparently he is still in town, as as is Mommy. <laughs> All right, handing it over to you. All right, so we've got EPW Vendetta over here in Perth. That is on Saturday. The 28th of October, 2023. Vendettas are always a really good show. Highly recommend going to check them out. We've also got, because of the WWE show at Optus Stadium, Perth, February 21st, 2024, we've got a bunch of dates announced already for Dude, Where's My Ring? February 23 and 24. Details to come in the coming weeks. On top of that, we do have... EPW's Aussie Wrestling Super Show, which is on the 23rd of February, 2024 as well. So everybody over here is trying their best to get around the same date as the big WWE show because it's going to be a huge week of wrestling. It's definitely something you want to get around. If you're coming over from the States, if you're coming over from the other side of the country, I highly recommend it. I seriously do. Go and check out local wrestling. You will not at all be dissatisfied with how good the people here do what we do. And finally, we have World Series Wrestling, October 6th to the 13th, this Friday in Melbourne. Tickets available on the Saturday, though. They're sold out. Tickets are still available for Adelaide, Perth, Brisbane. They're still available. Sydney, though, 
is very sold out too. If you want to get around and see World Series Wrestling, I do recommend that. There are some big names. Huge on that names. Show. That one's essentially a Impact and uh, AEW show in Australia. Yep. And look, they're going to be smaller venues. They're going to be smaller crowds. But if they don't sell out every single one of those things, I will be surprised. They present a really good show too. Like I've, been, I've watched some of the videos online of these shows. I haven't been one to one myself yet. I tried to get tickets to the Sydney one. That's why it says Sydney is well sold out because it was the first show to sell out. But the shows look amazing. Yeah. No. And if you want to see the stars of America and abroad, I really do recommend that because whilst we get some stars here over in Perth, we get a few, and I know that all over this the country we get some as well. You're never going to see such like such a concentration of big names that you'll see on these shows. Mm. So, if that's your jam, go get it. If it's not your jam, go look some local wrestling because that's the one. That's the one that I like the most. All right, but yeah. That concludes our WWE and Impact, for some reason, coverage for the week. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Please be sure to check us out on X at DWN under the ring or at underscore Warship or at Awesome. Let us know what you thought about the episode. Let us know what you think about anything. I don't care. You have a nice rainbow at the front of your window. Tell me about that. I don't give a shit. But thank you so much, guys, for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And as always... We'll see you down under the ring.